And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. I'm Steffi Barnett. Today on the show... Uh, Pride Calf. It's Comic Arts at its finest. Uh, and Books Galore. Terry's got your top ten uh, winter, actually autumnal, autumnal books. For the, a bit early for the winter yeah, ones, isn't it? <laughs> uh, all that today and a lot, lot more right here on Shout Out. I don't have a deep enough voice. So, hello. Hello. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Top of the afternoon to you. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. We said autumnal. Autumnal? Autumnal. Well, it's supposed to be like summer's over. It's yeah, August it's, bank holiday weekend. It's, yeah. it's the last gasp. Yeah. When does all, um, mm. autumn actually officially start? Is it September? Well, it depends. I mean, it in the calendar terms, it starts on September the first, but uh, astronomically, it? it's on this uh, September the twenty-first. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Astronomically, the, mm, yeah. There's, that means so there's no there's no real agreement <laughs> on exactly when the seasons <laughs> start and end. You see, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I no. just I just look out for the leaves changing colour. I think yeah, a bit autumnal now. A bit autumnal, yeah. <laughs> First totally. autumnal now. <laughs> we me me and uh, or I should say. In proper English, Ez and I yeah. were oh, checking yes. out some alternative shops. Yeah, let's yeah. we went to the well, fair trade yeah. place. Which it was such fun. Such fun. Yeah. I went to the eco centre, and just outside there was a, a street store advertising its Christmas meals, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> we took I, a picture I, I'm of it. Genuinely offended because <laughs> I'm not a Christmas nut, and I was like, "Hang on a minute, what are they actually advertising?" And then I was happy because it was corn dogs, but they were Christmas themed. And I feel that that's very important to have a Christmas-themed corn dog being advertised in August. That's a bit Only American, in isn't it? What yeah. is a corn dog? A corn dog is. Um, that's a hot dog covered in. Um, it, yeah, um, it's kind of a sweet batter. Batter, isn't and then it? they like dip oh. it and. Yeah. Yeah. Dip it, it twist it's it, classic, eat it. It's a classic American. Yeah, it's what Homer Simpson lives off, right? <laughs> <laughs> and donuts. <laughs> more things that are bad for you on top of more things that are bad for you. Dipped yeah. in something that's bad for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> corn dog. You, can, you can't eat a corn dog. You're a vegan. No, you can have vegan, vegan corn dogs, though. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it's basically pancake Is it really butter. a dog? It's no, and uh, not in the meat ones either. I was like chowing down on beagle. Um, yeah, sorry, I didn't start it, but I will finish it there. Sorry, listeners, it's been a well, long day. If it's any consolation, I had a, a kind of similar thing because um, um, I was like down to clear out on the top of our cupboards, and I, I found that it dropped down the back um, a Christmas pudding. <laughs> We got it for last Christmas. I've told you before, don't uh, throw Christmas puddings at Carl's head. Well, no, I didn't. But I put it down and he ate it. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes, really. Yeah. What, cold? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Oh. I don't know. Perhaps he microwaved it. I'm not sure. And no cream? Well, I don't remember. Oh. No. Uh, or a brandy sauce. Brandy yeah. sauce, isn't it? For, yeah. Uh, yeah, you throw yeah. a match on it. Flambe, don't you? Frombe, yeah. frombe, uh, well, flambe. I don't, I don't think brandy sauce, that's, that's cream, isn't it? I mean, brandy itself would catch yeah. that on fire. Or just drink. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. Or just drink or it, just yes. drink it yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't drink it on fire. No, <laughs> um, I've heard that, that that hurts. Yeah, don't do that. 
I feel like we've taken a turn here because now yeah. I've got um, Christmas songs in my head. Okay. It's okay. We've got some serious guests on in a minute. We'll have a proper conversation. Okay. <laughs> they look we, extremely serious. We were to be going honest. to uh, we were going to uh, observe an anniversary, weren't we, uh, this afternoon, um, Steph? Yes, you mean what would have been the birthday? Would have been the birthday. Marsha P, yeah, of of Stonewall fame. It would have been her birthday today. It would have been her 78th. 78th, yeah. 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 So only a little bit um, younger than you, Steph. I think you mean older. Do I mean... Mm, No, I mean... I I think she meant what she meant. I definitely meant what I said. I think it was a big Mr. (laughs) Shilton. So. Just like, one, I, one I, of uh, many. For, for a change, I was defending you. Thank wow. you, Andy. <laughs> but in all seriousness, <laughs> I mean, a, hero, a hero of the Stonewall riots of yes. June 1969, yeah. founder of many organisations for LGBT plus people in the 70s, tragically killed in 1992, yeah. but a legacy lives on. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, um, we'll, we'll, we'll swap some of the fun out and get some proper conversation and we'll be back in a minute talk to, talk to Pride Calf, you know go, go off and do some of your shopping ok bye, yeah, bye. the Shout Out Podcast a bit of an old one that one that's uh, Sash wow that took me back Stay. to Flamingos on a Saturday night oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, lo- lovely song that one I really like that Dream one last night. I was just kind of like you know going through the archive thinking and it's like a play and I accidentally clicked it I thought oh I'll play that this week make me feel a bit younger you know <laughs> and did it work <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway a uh, very warm welcome back to um, Nathan and Chris it's lovely to have you back on the show I'm trying to think it hasn't been a year since the last one already has it it has has yeah. it really good lord yeah, yeah. So, we must get too too used to interviewing, I swear. It feels like it was like yesterday we last had you on. I don't think we could do this more than once. No, I feel like you might say that. So, no, I suppose we ought to really start at the beginning, because um, obviously we've had you on the show before, and um, you know, you've been doing this for a while, um, but I'm sure there'll be some people listening who have no idea what Pride Calf is. So, so one, of, one of you want to give us a little synopsis of what it is and yeah. how it all came about? And- yeah, so... Pridecast stands for Pride Comic Art Festival. We believe we're the UK's only dedicated uh, LGBTQ... um, Oh, sorry, I can't hear myself. I I I can't hear anyone. Have you come un- have you come undone Nathan? I have come undone okay yeah, there we go sorry about that <laughs> I, I, I wasn't having an existential crisis or anything I was just I literally couldn't hear anyone through my speaker through my headphones um, yes yeah, so um, yeah so Pride Comic Art Festival we believe we're the UK's only LGBTQ uh, plus a comic art festival that's dedicated to independent comic creators. A lot of people do get confused that they think we're about comedians, but we're not. We're about comic creators, comic artists, comic writers um, from all different walks of life. As you know, un- as long as they're under the LGBTQIA umbrella, um, and that can be from just comic strips, web comics, graphic novels, uh, illustrated books, all sorts of things. And we get a wonderful crowd in uh from all over the country even from outside of the country as well which is great um well outside of the uk and uh it's just a a lovely sort of one day event that we run absolutely free uh anyone can come you don't have to be lgbtqia to come um and yeah it's just a it's it's a way of us to celebrate and platform uh lgbtq artists and creators who may not get the same sort of platform as a straight artist and creators do now do i remember credit born out of you and your love of this as a hobby because i remember yeah. you doing drawings years ago yeah i mean i've i've always loved being an illustrator and i've always loved comics as well since i was a young kid um and 
there is a, a really great uh, convention that happens in Harrogate every year called Thought Bubble. And a friend of mine called Tab, he did something called the Rainbow Road, where basically he would... And this, this comic convention is huge. They have, like, about 400 different creators wow. come in. And, um, and they'll have, like, quite big names as well from the, from the comic industry, people who work for Marvel and DC and oh. 2000 AD and things like that. They'll have, like, all sorts. Um, so Tab would mark out everyone who was LGBTQ+. Plus on there on the sort of big map that you get where everyone is sitting um and he say like look this is where these people are sitting you're probably going to find stuff that you like if you're also lgbtq come and find them support them you know buy their stuff and that's sort of like where the where the sort of light bulb went off and said like i would like to do this but I would like to do it just all lgbtqia people um and so we were going to run in 2020 unfortunately we couldn't because of obvious reasons um yeah so we pushed it we pushed it back to 2021 so that's when we had our first event um and then in 2022 we went even bigger we we booked out the station in the center of bristol so we only had the one hall then we expanded to both the halls and again we're sort of expanding again to both the halls again um yeah so we've got over 50 plus artists creators writers coming this year again how many um, did you start with on the first year do you remember something 24 uh, yeah about i think we had like about 30 artists yeah, so they literally yeah. doubled yeah. in size yeah. in two years yeah. it's that popular yeah. Yeah. do you get people from all over the country yeah yeah pretty much we've got yeah. people coming from glasgow we've got people coming from edinburgh we've got a, a chap coming from ireland yeah. um so no one sort of really sort of outside of uk island area but we never say no to anyone who does want to come over but obviously we do understand that it's um it's it's still quite a small convention and it only lasts for a day and bristol is quite expensive to stay in mm-hmm. and it's something that well, we would might, love to work on might to be just well it's only a day then yeah <laughs> <laughs> so but it would be lovely if we could expand in any sort of way to make it a bigger event to get those sort of people from outside the uk to also be able to attend well it sounds, sounds like it is growing every mm. every single year you know which is a testament to the success of it itself so i mean are, are there particular rules other than the fact obviously it's an lgbt thing but are there rules as to what type of comics you can and can't enter or not really or do you no. categorize them do you, do you see the work before they're coming no well we, we have a look at their profiles yeah so we make sure that like we're kind of looking through what they're doing we have a look at like what they're producing and as long as they're producing something comic adjacent we're like you you we have a low bar for entry uh, yeah. <laughs> as, as long as you're entry. making something so we uh, obviously we get like we actually had double the amount of applicants this year that we could actually house so that made it very well, difficult to choose but it shows you're still growing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we obviously we we tell people we do have illustrators in so people who are not making comics but are drawing and creating sort of stickers and badges and, and nice little things like that we obviously sort of say we'll give you a chance but this is a comic art festival we're gonna sort of prioritize people who are making their own comics but it's not just comics we also do zines as well so people who are making like uh, informative zines about anything really um we also uh, you know sort of like give them tables as well um so yeah we just have um and it's not just artists it's writers as well there's a fair few people who do come who don't do any of the artwork at all but they're the writers and it's like well you can't have you can have the pictures but if you don't have a story then yeah. then you, yeah. you just have a picture book really yeah. so we also then give the platform to the writers as well we want to have the illustrators there so hopefully they can 
you know sort of network with each other be able to maybe sort of create a project then and sell it next year and um are you finding that it is moving into the digital world a lot as well because i mean carl was showing me he had an app that read them and i just thought like just like a book like you turn the page and it would work like that and he was like well no watch this and this is hitting next it's zooming from like cell to cell yeah um across it and i thought that's pretty clever mm. i mean it's it's i think definitely people i mean even when i was a kid like web comics started becoming a thing um, and I would primarily sort of get the majority of the comics that I wanted to read but it was because the majority of comics that I wanted to read weren't being published by big publishing companies like you know you wouldn't see anything about two boys kissing in a Marvel book well not very many of them and they would only be like the very small yeah. limited run ones that they hoped no one would see and then they say oh look we are doing diversity we're not really um they've gotten better i was gonna say have they got better yeah. these days they have. um and so now obviously more in a digital sort of age like there's still a lot of people who do like to do digital drawing but there's also a huge amount of people who still love the traditional sort of ink on paper um which is really lovely to see as well and some people will do a mix mash of both um obviously like i think a fair few people have probably seen heartstoppers which is on uh, netflix at the moment yes. that originally started as a web comic oh, and it? then i knew uh, it was books i didn't realize it was a web comic yeah so it was a web comic first and and then the person who wrote it i, I can't remember her name off the their name I, off I the top of my of, head think of it it's right at the top of my, yeah. to my tongue at the and, the, and then they were able to get it published um and then it just went on from there and uh there's also another really good uh cartoon on netflix called dead endia which was written by a chap called hamish Steele, and he first started off as a very independent just comic artist just making his own stuff selling it he used to sell at the comic and zine festival that also happened in the station in bristol a couple of years ago right. um, um alice oseman is her name yes that's, the one. that's it um so yeah it's it's a great place for uh, people online because it's you can do it literally for free you don't even need to know how to use digital like art kits or anything you can literally do it with a pen and paper and take a picture of it or scan it in and you've made a web comic and then you've got that for free then you can engage with people people can see that you can get a fan base and then obviously it's it, it can be difficult you've really got to get into that hustle a little bit with it mm -hmm. but um if you get a dedicated fan base you can then start a kickstarter and say like hey i want to make physical copies of this then you get physical copies and then publishers see that and it's just a really nice it doesn't happen to everyone but it's a really nice way of just being able to start that from the very bare bones and so but, can i put you on the spot then have you published yet no I mean, <laughs> well <laughs> you're not you, tempted. you say that but like all of the artwork that is done for pride calf is done by you so kind of yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i like to fight your corner where i can Thank you. <laughs> if you see a big robot like uh poster around bristol or in any of the shops it's done by nathan so give him credit where credit's due does anyone do parallel comics like pick up a story from say star trek or star wars marvel and do a parallel queer universe type story with characters that reference the mainstream kind of so that may very well be more sort of in the fanfic area i was gonna say was, there's a lot of fan fiction yeah there's a lot of fan fiction trek doing there. all kinds of things but there will be some people so uh, another chap called um joe glass he's his first like proper 
sort of big uh, published comic that he wrote is called The Pride, and that's all based on like queer superheroes. So he's very much taking that inspiration from like DC and Marvel, mm. but then saying like, but no, this is a group of queer superheroes, and they are you know fighting for justice for mm. queer people. Um, but there is a lot of, I mean, what's wonderful also is that people who are creating these stuff and so they're, they're still also fans as well and so they'll have like some nice stuff that they've made which is their own stories their own characters but then they may also have there was a really interesting one that was like about kermit the frog but he was in the wild west <laughs> that was really good i liked that one and there was another one with it wasn't at Pride Cafe, but it was at another convention we see about Bert and Ernie, but they were serial killers. Yeah. Oh, that really? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a really good comic as well. Yeah, it was a really good comic. <laughs> so you can find all sorts of just like crazy stuff where people are going, what about this? But they were. I this. think it was, I mean, it's not, not, not quite the same thing. It's not, it was an actual film, but I think there was recently a film that was Winnie the Pooh. And it, uh, it's it was coming out. It's yeah. coming out. Oh, is it coming out? Yeah. Okay. Blood and Honey, I think it's yeah. or something along those lines. <laughs> it got quite trashed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it hasn't got very good reviews. But then you never know, you know. So anyway, we're rapidly running out of time. So um, a bit of info about it. When is it? Where is it? 23rd of September in the station in central Bristol. We open to the public at 11 a.m. We close to the public. Uh, I think the last entry is 4.50 p.m. Uh, we close absolutely at five. And then we break down all the tables and we thank everybody. And, uh, yeah, we wonder what happened yeah. basically <laughs> we we've also got some really we've got about three talks happening as well so we've got talks about sort of uh, journaling illustrating your your life as if you wanted to journal it uh, we've got a talk about uh, selling your comics online and selling yourself not yourself online but selling <laughs> your work online um, and then we have another one about um, uh, Scandinavian yeah Scandinavian yeah. history in, like queer Scandinavian history in graphic novels a representative in folk stories within mm. Uh, queer kind of um, uh, Polish uh, folk history, basically. Yeah, we're so, really excited to see this so as well. Uh, Pigeon does amazing work. Yeah, cool. Well, listen, uh, we shouldn't leave it a year between the two, really, should we? We should have one in between, um, and the like. But as always, best of luck um, uh, with it. It sounds like it's proving very popular, especially if you're going year on year. And it's going to be interesting where, where you're going to move to next year. If you've got yeah. that many, yeah, we are going to need people, a bigger space. So. <laughs> That's so, a problem for next year um, or yeah. whenever. <laughs> yeah, get this one out of the way first. Anyway, for now, um, Chris um, um, and um, that one, that one, Nathan, <laughs> Nathan thank you <laughs> from Pride Cafe. Um, go see it; it's brilliant. So uh, stay with us. You listen to Shout Out. Back in a minute. <laughs> Shout Out LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Lovely are Liza Doolittle and uh, Pack Up. Pack Up Your Troubles. Pack Up Your Troubles and Break It Back. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Straight from the 1940s. It's got that feeling about it, hasn't it? Well, it's a remix, isn't it? Or a sample, I think they call it, don't they? Yeah. So. I'm looking forward to that comic fair. Yeah. I've been for the last couple of years. It's really good. Is it? You can spend so much well-earned yeah. cash, but it's worth it. I mean, it all goes straight to independent artists and creators. Yeah. But there's some really good LGBT plus stuff. 
Well, they are available. Pretty much all of them are independents, aren't they? Oh, so yeah. you know, you're, you're supporting, yeah. supporting um, you know, independent people, which would be yeah, nice. So. A bit of independent publishing, we like it. <laughs> anyway. We said independent a lot then. <laughs> we love anything that's independent <laughs> other than the independent. <laughs> you heard it here first. Wow. Well, shall we get some independent LGBT news? Let's do Why it. not? <laughs> This is Shout Out News. A report on LGBTQ Nation, citing the Guardian newspaper, reports that a man whose partner suffered apparent homophobic abuse in a care home for elderly people has been calling out the dreadful situation at the institution. Ted Brown and Noel Glynn were registered civil partners and have been together for over 50 years. Indeed, Ted had participated in the very first London Pride March in 1972. Ted Brown said his now deceased civil partner of 50 years, Mr Glynn, received bruises and cigarette burns from homophobic workers whilst living in a London nursing home for nine months. Brown sued the local council that oversees the home and the council has offered a £30,000 settlement to Mr Brown that was two years ago, but he said he hasn't received any of the promised money yet. Glynn lived in the Albany Lodge nursing home in Croydon in South London from December 2018 to October 2019 whilst receiving care for dementia. Brown said over a £1,000 paid sorry, over £1,000 a month for Glynn's care. Mr Brown said two LGBTQ residents had advised him that they needed to stay closeted, otherwise it won't be good for either of you. Brown became alarmed several months later when he discovered that Glynn had tried to independently leave the nursing home four times. In horrific stories from whistleblowers at the home, Mr Glynn was said to have been dragged into his room and assaulted by homophobic staff. My London Life magazine also covers the story and says that the pair were referred to, completely bizarrely, as a father and son to devalue and degrade their relationship. Legendary musician Nile Rogers has issued a statement blasting the far-right Swiss nationalistic party, the SVP, for stealing the melody and some lyrics from the classic Sister Sledge hit that he wrote in 1979, named We Are Family. Mr Rogers said, I wrote We Are Family to be the ultimate song about inclusion and diversity at all levels, regardless of race, ethnicity, age, gender, religion or sexual orientation. I condemn its use by the SVP or anyone else not keeping with the values of the song and all decent people. The purpose of the song is to bring joy to all with no exclusions. The independent newspaper notes that Rogers is known for his brilliant political activism as well as his brilliant music. He was a subsection leader of the New York Black Panther Party as a teenager. The Welsh Language Direct Action Group, Cymdeithas Ariaith Gymraeg, has had an LGBT plus rights platform since the 1990s and sees itself as part of a broadly progressive movement for a decentralised and localised Wales in which the ancient Welsh language is protected and allowed to flourish. Now they have launched a beautiful new banner for branches to purchase and it's also on sale to the public via its website. A brand new pride-themed logo, Wales Free For All, that's Cymru Reedy Bow flag on eco-polyester is available. It has double stitching on the hem and two holes on the left-hand side to fly. It costs £15 and is suitable for outdoor use. You can purchase yours from the Cymdeithas Eriaith website. <laughs> 
And in sports news, the Women's World Cup was won by Spain in a tense but celebrated match against England on Sunday. However, as LGBT plus sports news sites Outsports notes, the real victory was from the Women's World Cup was the number of gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans and queer soccer players who are publicly out. Some 96 in total participated in the Women's World Cup. This is far higher than any previous World Cup and Cups and constitutes around one in eight players. In addition, at least three head coaches are publicly out. Pierre Sundhag from Brazil, Bev Priestman from Canada and Hege Rees from Norway. A full list of the talented players who are out at the Cup is available at outsports.com. And finally, B247, a Bristol-based independent newspaper, says that the stage show Margaret Thatcher, Queen of Soho, will come to the well-loved arts venue, the Tobacco Factory, in the Bedminster District this September before going on a tour in London. The play started out as a sketch in a gay London review bar before being expanded by its creators, the Olivia Award-winning John Britton and Matt Tedford. It is May 1988, at the height of AIDS phobia and the concomitant homophobia in the papers and from the Conservative government. On the eve of the passing of the hated anti-gay Section 28, which is aimed at defunding gay organisations and stifling free speech on gay issues, Mrs Margaret Thatcher herself gets lost in Soho and sets foot on a stage, becoming an accidental cabaret superstar. Will she find herself turning, after all, in time to prevent the bill from passing? Margaret Thatcher, Queen of Soho, has an age recommendation of 16+, plus, and is at Tobacco Factory Theatres on September the 21st to the 23rd at 8pm, with an additional matinee show at 4pm on the Saturday. Tickets are available at allthews.tobaccofactorytheatres.com. For these stories and many, many more, why not check out the Shoutout website where there is constantly updated content. We are at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Terry Starr and Ezra Peregrine. Shoutout News, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. This segment is sponsored by Talk to the Rainbow Counselor. Visit talktotherainbow.co.uk. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. Nice bit of voiceover there, actually. Do you know, whoever that that is, they speak beautifully. They do. Co.uk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing now, Terry Starr? What are we doing now? It's time. But look. before you do that, by the way, because oh, I sorry. always say, because people ask, that was uh, Reach Up by Perfecto All Stars, which is from the early 90s, that song. Oh. Does so, it, it sample Pig Bag, I was going yeah. to say, which is an earlier track. Pig yeah. Bag? Pig in yeah. a Bag. Pig in a Bag. Yeah. Not yeah. in a blanket. No, not in a blanket. Not in a sleeping bag. <laughs> just a bag. <laughs> no, 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 not in a Tesco's corn dog carry either. bag. No. <laughs> sorry. Is that, <laughs> is, that a, is that a real pig? What? Bake. Vegan pig. Vegan pig. What's happening? So, anyway, um, as we often do, um, these get submitted from somewhere, don't they? Well, this time I've compiled the uh, the books because oh. I am just so fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and humble. No, well, and the family we, couldn't afford it, we, so we no, get well, you on the cheap. 
<laughs> I've always been on the cheap. Uh, yes. Uh, no, uh, Kate from News From Nowhere is on holiday this week, so she hasn't been able to provide the books review that we normally have. But she's going to do that in the autumn for us. In the meantime, I've consulted Queer Lit in Manchester, uh, Gaze the Word in London, and Panid O. Gay, which is the gay Welsh bookshop in Cardiff. Uh. And I have come up with a top ten autumn reads that I think I should have for my fastly approaching half century. Am I so, allowed to point out I haven't got number one? Well, number no, one is I'm, a very I, special... I'm the only person that's got it. Oh, so. well, we're starting on number ten, aren't we? We're starting on number ten, which is... Okay. Steph lost no number one. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Hang on, don't we need the jingle? No, I don't. I don't have it. That's all right. It was like it was in the room. Something was in the room. song is... No. It's Alan Freeman's old jingle from when he did Pickle of Pops on the BBC yeah. for many, it, many years. It's on the system because I've got it in um, H&H Bewitched. If you uh, find it, Andy, just blast just, it at some random moment. Oh, hang on. on. But the, the, the swinging symbol. I chose um, Wix for my business. Oh, no, that, that'll be an advert. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Look, I think I'd better carry swinging, on because we're going to run out of right, time. Something the swinging oh. symbol. It's Pick of the Pops. There we go. Wow, an old BBC recorder. Woo! It's 1970. Right, number 10 is After Sappho by Selby Wynne Schwartz, <laughs> which retails at 9.99. Sarah Bernhard, Colette, Eleanor Doucet, Lena Paletti, Josephine Baker, and, of course, Virginia Woolf. These are just a few of the women, some famous, others hitherto unsung, sharing the pages of a novel as fierce as it is luminous, lush and poetic, furious and funny. In After Safe, Sappho, sorry, Selby Schwartz has created a novel that celebrates the women and trailblazers of the past and also offers hope for our present and our futures. Told in cascading vignettes featuring a multitude of voices, After Sappho is Wynne Schwartz's joyous reimagining of the lives of a brilliant group of feminists, sapphists, that's lesbians to you and me, artists and writers in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, as they battle for control over their lives, for liberation and for justice. I've never heard that word before. Sapphist. Sapphic. Yeah, yeah sapphic, sapphist. It comes from Sappho, yeah. who was uh, an ancient Greek poet, mm-hmm. 6th century BCE, mm. writing poetry on the love of women. Does it predate the term lesbian then? Yes. Well, Sappho lived on Lesbos, you yeah. see, oh, the island of Lesbos, hence. But yes. I think the word Sapphic did yeah. predate lesbian. It was used yeah. in the history. I would have thought in, so. In, yeah. in historically. Yeah. Off the top of my head, that. Mm. Sorry, just di- digressing from the book. It's just Absolutely. You know, no. yeah. when, right. when, when you hear these. Numeral Nuff. So. Shall, shall I share Numero Nuff? Please. Okay. Tales from Beyond the Rainbow by Pete Geordie Wood. What a lovely name. Ten captivating stories of adventure and resilience celebrating LGBTQ plus characters. Published as an illustrated collection of queer classics for the first time. These are the fairy tales that history forgot or concealed. Tales in which gender is fluid and where queer stories can have a happy ending. Oh, fancy that. <laughs> From the humble sailor who finds his handsome prince to the transgender market girl who becomes queen. From Europe to 
to Asia via the African savannah, LGBTQ plus folklore researcher Pete Geordie Wood has combined sorry, through generations of history and adapted 10 unforgettable stories, each illustrated by an artist who shares heritage with the culture from which the stories were born. That sounds really mm. lovely and really important as well. I mean, who would have thought that LGBTQIA plus people could, could have you know, happiness. <laughs> <laughs> it's radical, right? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there was it was a, radical in the past. There, there was a time when, like, everything, it was like what was on TV, it was all like, yeah, it all was so dim and gloom. gloom. You know, it I did. remember growing up thinking, God, dear. Yeah. You know, I don't intend on having an ending like that. They were always, we were always <coughs> the bullied ones or the, you know, the ones in the corner with the hair over their eyes listening to. Or the villains, you know, yeah. Emo music. Or the, yeah. yeah, all the villains, yeah. yeah. I'll take the villainy bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that. We can have a bit of queer villainy. Right, numeral wheat. Um, Radical Love by Neil Blackmore at £16.99. Welcome to England, 1809. London is violent, intolerant city, exhausted by years of war, beset by soaring prices and political tensions. By day, John Church preaches on radical possibilities of love to a multicultural working class congregation in Southwark. But by night, he crosses the river to the secret and glamorous world of Gay Molly House on Veer Street, where ordinary men reinvent themselves as funny, flirtatious drag queens and rent boys, cavort and labours and princes alike. There, Church becomes the first minister to offer marriages between men at enormous risk. Everything changes when Church meets the unworldly and free-thinking Ned, part of a group of African activists, uh, (laughs) abolitionists, (laughs) who attend his chapel. The two bond over their broken childhoods, and Church falls obsessively in love with Ned's tender nature. In a fragile, colourful, secret world under threat, Church's love for Ned takes him to the edge of reason. Based on the incredible true story of one of the most important events in queer history, Radical Love is a sensuous and prescient story about gender and sexuality and how the most vulnerable survive in dangerous times. Mm. Quite quite interesting. That's uh, based on true story as yeah. well. Yeah, Molly Houses. Were, there were actually more gay bars, Molly Houses, as they were known, in the 1720s in London than there were in the 1950s when they started discussing whether to decriminalise male homosexuality. Yeah. The Georgian period was a you know a time of licentiousness. We were everywhere. Can yeah. I sideline again? Why were they called Molly Houses? Do we know? Oh, I do know this. It, you know, because I wrote about it in a queer strip, <laughs> so now I can't remember. I believe it. It was. It was a term for gay men. So a I Molly. don't know why that was derogatory or not. Uh, could be either. I believe. Uh, hmm. Okay, so I thought I was going to be really quick with my fickle fingers of fate, but they let me down. So it just says, Molly houses were locations where in the 18th and 19th century, Molly, ah, yeah, Molly's or queer men, Molly's or gay men. Yeah. Um, they, so uh, met for companionship, uh, friendship and sex. Um, so what is Molly in British slang? Um, oh, actually, it's to have homosexual intercourse. Oh, okay. um, but oh, it's also are. used to just and also it has been refu- used to refer to gay men as a noun yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I still, I still love the fact that if you go back enough in history gay just meant happy so yeah. we're, all, we're all just we're all happy men really yeah. 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 too far history that was my meaning when I was growing up gay just meant that being gay <laughs> being yeah. really happy and maybe happy. that's what, the, what all those and bullies meant when they shouted at me in school <laughs> you're so gay through the fields <laughs> 
Important. Yeah. Yes. Okay, number seven on our book list is Supporting Trans People of Colour by Sabah Chowdhury. Retails at £17. Providing an accessible and authoritative introduction to issues around people of colour and trans inclusion, this book uses case studies, checklists and anonymous survey results to set out the best practice for any professionals working with trans people to create safer spaces, support and awareness. Trans people of colour are often excluded because gender and race are treated as separate issues. They are therefore left out from movements and services and in trans and non binary spaces, POC identities are often overlooked. Chowdhury's guide introduces the theory of intersectionality from the start, giving practical tips and steps to ensure that the community as a whole may be represented and creates a safer space for trans people of colour to thrive. An empowering and self-preserving tool supporting trans people of colour is an invaluable resource for therapists, counsellors, healthcare professionals and those working in education and charities, as well as those wanting to make their approach and service more inclusive oh shall i do number six i was about saying would you like Please to do number do. six yeah. so in, in, yeah, yeah. A few people <laughs> i wonder a, why a few people are gonna laugh as well this is called deep uh, deep sniff um by um adam sniff uh smith by Adam Smith. Yeah, there you go. That's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, retails at Lempan. Uh, this is the intriguing story of how poppers wafted out of the lab into gay bars, corner shops, bedrooms, and porn supercuts. Blending historical research with wry observation, Adam Smith um, explores the cultural forces and improbable connections behind the power of poppers. What emerges is not just a history of pub raids, viral panics, and pecks the size of dinner plates. It is a collection of fresh and provocative ideas about identity, sex, utopia, capitalism, law, freedom and the bodies that we use to experience the world. In Deep Sniff, what starts out as a thoughtful inquiry into poppers becomes a manifesto of pleasure. So I can see that one being very popular. I suppose that's down at six. When I was growing up... Um, when I were a wee boy. Um, no, when I was around 14, 15, poppers were absolutely huge. Like mm. in schools, um, sleepovers, ca- you know, whenever we went camping, they were like so, mm-hmm. so I, popular. No, I didn't know Because they're semi legal, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I think that's one oh, of the reasons. Oh, and, and still, so mm. yeah. For well, those, they although you know, they have banned what would have been around in those days, the, the original. Yeah, the real formulation of ammonitrate, yes, yes. yes. And I think it's um, changed yeah. several do you know, times. Do you know why they're called poppers? Uh, I do. Um, because um, well, it was it, people had things like angina in, in the hospital, and uh, they needed to um, uh, do something to get a rush of blood. Basically, mm. um, the ammonitrate would come in a little glass vial, and you would literally pop it, pop it. and uh, it would it would um, it would then seep out into like a bit of fabric, and oh. you would put it under the patient's nose um, to make them sniff it, which would basically relax all of everything and make the, mm. blood, make flow. the blood flow. And um, as a side effect made them into disco divas singing Kylie Minogue songs. So hospitals had to stop using. Gold hot pants. I can do number five. I can do number five. So notes were by Sexual Revolution. Sorry, it's called by. Notes were by... Sorry, listeners. By notes for a bisexual revolution by Shiri Eisner, I think, or Eisner. 
uh, depicted as duplicitous, traitorous and promiscuous, bisexuality has long been suspected, marginalised and rejected by both straight and gay communities alike. Bi takes a long overdue comprehensive look at bisexual politics from the issues surrounding biphobia, monosexism, feminism and transgenderism to the practice of labelling those who identify as bi as either too bisexual, um, i.e. promiscuous and incapable of fidelity, or not bisexual enough, i.e. not actively engaging romantically or sexually with people of at least two different genders. In this forward-thinking and eye-opening book, feminist bisexual and genderqueer activist Shuri Eisner takes readers on a journey the, through the many aspects of the meanings of, and politics <coughs> of bisexuality, specifically highlighting how bisexuality can open up new and exciting ways of challenging social convention and i'm going to uh, i'm going to end that one there because we've still got four to go yeah <laughs> number four is after the revolution by robert evans around about 16 quid this one a chronicle <coughs> of serendipitous alliances in dystopia that's right around the corner what will the fracturing of the united states look like after the revolution is an edge of your seat answer to that question in the year 2070 20 years after a civil war and societal collapse of the old united states extremist malicious battle in the crumbling Republic of Texas as the violence spreads like wildfire threatens the free city of Austin. Three unlikely allies will have to work together in an act of resistance to stop the advance of the forces of the, Christ, uh, the Christian ethnostate uh, known as Heavenly Kingdom. Mm. Our three protagonists include Manny, a fixer that shuttles journalists in and out of the war zones and provides footage for outside news agencies. Sasha is a teenage woman that joins the Heavenly Kingdom. Um, and uh, <laughs> and sorry, I can see that you're as <laughs> I turn the page and fill a gap, uh, <clears throat> she discovers the ugly truths behind their movement. Finally, we have Roland, a U.S. Army vet, kitted out in cyberware, including blood uh, that heals major trauma wounds and a brain that can handle enough LSD <laughs> to kill an elephant. Sounds fascinating. Wow! Yeah, it does. <laughs> okay, Andy, number three. Uh, number three, Why Sinead O'Connor Matters by Alison McCabe. Uh, retail's a rather expensive one, this one. It's twenty one ninety nine. this. Um, in 1990, Sinead O'Connor's video, Nothing Compares to You, turned her into a superstar. Two years later, an appearance on Saturday Night Live turned her to a, into a scandal. For many people, including for years the author, what they knew of O'Connor stopped there. Uh, Alison McCabe believes it's time to reassess our old judgments about Sinead O'Connor and to expose the machinery that built her up and knocked her down. Addressing triumph and struggle, sound and story, why Sinead O'Connor matters, argues that its subject has been repeatedly manipulated and misunderstood by a culture that is often hostile to women and speak their minds. In Sinead O'Connor's case, by shaving her head, championing rappers and tearing up a picture of the Pope live on television. I didn't know she did that until my reason, I have to admit. Uh, McCabe uh, details O'Connor's childhood abuse, her initial success and the backlash against her radical politics without shying away from the difficult issues her career raises. She compares O'Connor to Madonna, another superstar who challenged the Catholic Church. Okay, and at number two, Paul takes the form of a mortal girl by Andrea Lawler, eight ninety nine, and it's published by Pan Macmillan. It's nineteen ninety three, and Paul Polidorus. 
Thames Bar are the only gay club in a university town thrumming with politics and partying. He studies queer theory, has a lesbian best friend, makes zines, and is a flaneur with a rich dating life. Sounds like my past, actually. But Paul's also got a secret. He's a shapeshifter, also like myself, oscillating wildly from riot girl to leather cub. Women's studies major to trade. Paul transforms his body at will in a series of adventures that take him from Iowa City to Boys Town in Provincetown and finally to San Francisco, of course. A journey through the deep queer archives of struggle and pleasure. This debut novel offers a speculative history of early 90s politics during the heyday of ACT UP and Queer Nation. Paul takes the form of a mortal girl, is a riotous, razor-sharp, Bildungsroman <laughs> whose heroine winds his way through a world gutted by loss, pulsing with music oh. and opening into a, an array of intimacy and connection. Sounds fabulous. And last but not least, number one, it's always been ours through writing the story of black women's bodies by Jessica Wilson, 1499. So I'm going to have to summarise this a little bit, but for too long, black women have been left out of discussions about body image, food, health and wellness by bringing the bodies of black women centre stage. Eating disorder specialist Jessica Wilson asks us to reimagine the ways we think about and discuss and tend to our bodies. Um, I am going to have to summarise it right there, but if you want to know any more listeners, that was called It's Always Been Ours, rewrite the story of black women's bodies and the whole list will be on our news feed by midnight tonight oh how efficient of you mr star oh the witching hour i'm up there <laughs> I, mean, like, I gave, gave us like, like 20 minutes for that section i thought that'd be more than enough for 10 books but there you go it's yeah because you can just read that synopsis but if they they grab you and it's something that you want to and there's um, there's so many new lgbt plus feminist and radical bookstops shops opening i've heard of a new one in hey on why it's called gay on why and Uh, it's open now so and and while while we're going through quite a few of those are available as audiobooks indeed Um, yeah absolutely so if if like me you're not a particular bookworm um, but you have time like where you're traveling to work or something you can listen to like um podcasts like shout out for example um you can get a lot of them um in audio format which is quite cool and it's great when you're on the bus with an audiobook because you can still cruise the guys that are on the bus as well (laughs) without taking your eyes off the page so (laughs) well planned mr star That sounded very premeditated. <laughs> Have I thought about this? Only a lot. <laughs> it just Love came your work. to me. No, thank you, everyone. That's a fantastic selection of books. Our selection for autumn. We'll be doing it all again in winter. Yes. Yes, we will. I like. I would like to read the one on the Molly Houses. Yeah, me too. And, and the one on Poppers. Uh, I yeah, want really to read ah, the second yes. to last one, which I think was number 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 nine. The one, the, the one in the um, early nineties, set in the early nineties, the shapeshifter. Yes, Paul that takes the form of yeah. a mortal girl. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. yes, I love shapeshifter <laughs> thingamajiggies. Mm. Uh, I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've got really, really into reading lately. So um, I've been reading every day an actual book. So, a whole uh, book? Uh, not a whole book, but like a say. physical book has been like in my, my hand. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he has got skills that I do not I do not have. <coughs> my husband's such such a bookworm. He will buy a book on uh, like his Kindle and read it and then buy the physical one and put it on a shelf just to keep it. Actually, yep. <laughs> you must tell your husband, actually, there's a new second-hand bookshop in the galleries. You must check uh-huh. it out. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for this week. Um, as we've been saying several times, uh, Shout Out is looking for more volunteers to join us. No experience is necessary. 
necessary. There is loads of volunteer positions available both on and off air. All kinds of different things on offer. If you're interested, get in touch via our socials or our website, shoutoutradio.lgbt. Next week, I have no idea, but it's called The Lantern Image. Yes. So um, join us for that. From myself, from Terry, from Ez, and from Steph. Say bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.